Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. Welcome to another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm Brian Ferguson. First of all, I want to wish everyone a happy new year. I hope you had a great holiday season. As most of you know that are subscribers, we haven't been on for a few weeks, and that was because of the holidays. And I decided that I wanted to spend a little more time with my family, so that's what I did. So we're back today, though, and we've got our good friend, the man, the myth, the legend, the historian, the greatest, my friend, George Shire. Thanks for coming back on, George. Hey, man. Wow. I was wondering, I had to look over my shoulder who, who we <laughs> snuck in. Superstar, man of the hour. Yeah. There you go. Hey, hey. good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you had a good holiday. And, and you, yeah. you mentioned something after my heart. You spent time with your family. And mm. man, I tell you what, that is what the holidays are all about. They're so busy and hectic and yep. hustle and bustle. And you got to slow down and give a hug to the family and be appreciative yeah. for what we are blessed with. You bet. Yeah, no. During that time, uh, and what we're going to discuss today is uh, my wife and I went and saw that movie, The Iron Claw, the, the Von yeah. Erich story. Yep. And I know you went and saw it as well. And, I did. I did. And what we're going to talk about is, uh, if it's good with you, we're going to talk about the good and the not so good. You know, I mean, overall, you know, we both saw it. We're going to have our opinions and you know, do with you will what you will with it. And uh, George, I want to talk to you about it. Uh, tell us uh, a little bit about what you thought about the movie. Like, you know, what I guess what was what you thought was good, and if you thought anything was not so good or not accurate. Um, I will say this: I saw my friend and your friend uh, James Beard. He was yes. in it. Yes. He was very good, and a shout-out to him. I know he was a big part of the movie as far as being a consultant and that kind of thing. So let's talk I, about it. I had When you mentioned James Beard, let's just touch on that up front. I had a chance uh, last July when I made a brief stop down at the uh, George Tragos Luthez Wrestling Hall of Fame in Iowa. And, of course, James was there. And he and I had a chance to uh, talk a little bit. Um, he is one of the greatest guys, uh, mm, you know, a yeah. former referee in the business. And he was, you know, he had his foot in the door, saw a lot of things, worked around a lot of the wrestlers. And, of course, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, that was one of his his uh, territories. And I got mm. to know James really well when he and I worked um, at the now ill-fated Hall of Fame in Wichita Falls when he and I were on the nominating committee together. And so we, we, we know each other. Well, um, he, he's a straight guy. He's, he's straight laced. He's, uh, just, I was glad to see that he had a part. And he had told me he was going to have some parts in it when back then, you know, that iron claw was still on the production table. So that was good. Yes. I enjoyed seeing yeah. him. You know, Brian, 
I want to share this before we, we do anything about the Iron Claw move. I actually took, I had two people in the past two weeks that said to me um, that they were surprised that I didn't weigh in more on the movie as to the accuracy of it or, and they said this to me because they know that, you know, number one, I want facts. I want things right. I want chronological history. And yes, yeah. I do. And you know this. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm a stickler on that. So, but, you know, I went to the movie and anything that I say here, folks, throughout the uh, podcast, it some of it's my opinion. Take it for what it's worth. Um, here's the bottom line. First of all, I got a call from my neighbor. He said, you want to go see the Iron Claw? We went together. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I knew it was a movie about the Von Erichs, kind of highlighting the the uh, anguish and hardship that Kevin endured being the oldest. And um, so I understood that going in. The thing that I did, though, is I went in with an open mind, knowing that there were a lot of non-wrestling people that were involved in the making and producing of the movie. And I also realized going in, if I if I was going to be fair to myself, that I had to accept the fact that sometimes they're not going to be accurate. So doing that, I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I thought was interesting is I liked the opening scene. And for those of you that have seen it, it's it's kind of highlighting in black and white, which was so period perfect of Fritz uh, kicking the crap out of an opponent. And, and uh, mind you, these are actors. Uh, yeah. the, 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 all the wrestlers in here are portrayed, mm -hmm. that are portrayed are actors playing the part. Mm -hmm. So immediately when I saw the Fritz opening scene, I was kind of impressed. I thought they nailed Fritz pretty good because you have to remember, well, those that don't, I saw Fritz back in the 60s when he was still in his heyday. I actually saw him as a younger kid when he was in the AWA for a coffee break, but he was a hated German, you know, mm -hmm. with the Iron Claw. Yeah. Baron Von Raschke fans, I'm sorry to inform you, it was Fritz that came up with it first. <laughs> oh, that's all the people need to know on that one. But, uh, the, the the portrayal of Fritz, I immediately was kind of relieved because I thought the guy playing him in the ring looked like Fritz. Yes. In yeah, the 60s. I agree. Yeah. And, it, and I, I was thinking back to photos yeah. that I have of him, and I said, I'm thinking, wow, you know, this this guy, they got this guy, they got the character right. Well, yeah. the, only, the only dismay I had was that they didn't give a little bit more of the background of Fritz in the early years as to how really yeah. the the dynasty that was going to happen was being built. But then I realized in a, what a two hour film, you know, how much can you do? So again, right. I had to be open minded yeah. about that. Yeah. Sometimes the best stuff is on the cutting room. Floor. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he talked in the very beginning about what he had to do to be successful. Yeah. And then we kind of jumped ahead, you know, right away to, the kids, you know, mm. the business. And yeah. 
for those that were non-wrestling fans that might may have seen it, which I'm going to guess there are some that never watched wrestling at all, will go see this movie. Yeah. And then for those that never that were wrestling fans or are still today, uh, following today's product, um, they weren't around during that era, so they won't pick up on anything that's inaccurate or out of sequence. That was the key thing. There were a lot of things that were out of sequence. That yeah. Something happened before or after it should have, and they don't explain it. But right. the average person isn't going to pick up on that. So it isn't even worth, I, I've seen people on Facebook going, well, you know, they did this and they should have done that. And, you know, I don't understand what they did this for. I think you're wasting your time. You know, it's, yeah. my, my take is that anytime the pro wrestling can get national attention uh, and be something that's more nostalgic than what we are offered today, because I'm not a yeah. fan, as you know. So anything that can shed some light. Uh, did, yeah. did you know that, Brian? Did you know that? I, I did know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't watch today's product. I, I turned yeah. I turned on I turned on NXT last night by accident. Wow. And I, uh, totally by accident. And I swear to you, I got, I think. It couldn't have been more than six or seven minutes. And I went, okay, I'm done. But anyway, <laughs> we digress. Uh, yeah. I don't know. They were having some sort of a battle royal with everybody killing everybody. I don't know who follows that. one. But anyway, the movie, um, if you know the Von Erich story, it, it really is fairly accurate. Though they left out things like in the territory down there. Um, this just in, folks, it was a drug haven. Uh, there was no doubt in the 80s that wrestlers uh, and, not, and wrestling fans knew that WCCW, as it became, uh, if you wanted drugs, you went down there. Whether it be the Von Erichs, the Freebirds, uh, whoever else was on in their circuit, Gino Hernandez, oh my gosh, Chris Adams, all these guys. Uh, drugs were very much in the forefront. And it could be debated many times as to how uh, undrugged any of them were when they were working in the ring. We'll just say that. Yeah. So they didn't touch on that, and that's good. I mean, yeah. The legitimacy of it is, is that it was a family that had some serious problems. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those that don't know, they, they had a young boy, a young son, Jack. Uh, Fritz's real name, Jack Adkison. And uh, the young Jack Jr., he was electrocuted and drowned. Uh, yeah. I don't remember how old he was, but he was pretty was little. He was, I think he was like five or six. Five or six, yeah. And he and he got electrocuted <laughs> and he fell in a snowbank. Yes. And drowned. Right. And nobody nobody you know. Yeah. I mean it was a tragic so but, but you know, yeah. this goes back, of course, you gotta remember this goes back to uh sometime in the fifties, very early sixties, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. And uh you know, and that had to be very hard for the family to endure mm -hmm. for uh, Fritz, Jack, and Doris, um, his wife. And uh, anytime you you lose a child, that, that pulls your yeah. heart out. Yeah. So that had to be tough. But then we had Kevin, who, you know, was the oldest after that. 
And uh, I think the thing that comes through in the movie, if anything, is that if it's, it is portrayed this way, and I think it's factual, Kevin was the one with the most sense. I think he was the oldest, and somehow mm -hmm. he got the gene that, you know, made him a little bit more on the right track all the time. Mature. I'd say mature. Yeah, mature. And uh, as things unfolded, he started having the weight of the world on him because mm -hmm. the movie is good in the sense that uh, it talks about Fritz taking over the territory, building the territory around his boys. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that I thought was interesting in it was, you know, I hear here in the AWA all the time about how Greg Gagne, you know, the only reason he had a job was because his daddy was the promoter. and The only push he got was because his daddy was the champ, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, Brian, you and I have talked that, and, and we know from Greg too, that he had yeah. to work his butt off to earn his yes. spot. And yeah. yes, his dad owned the promotion. But, you know, yeah. this was like any other business in the world. I mean, if you have a jewelry business and you have a, a son that works for you and takes over the business or a daughter that takes over the business, um, th that's kind of a natural progression in life. You, right. you could have a grocery store chain or whatever yeah. it is, whatever the business. The yeah. kids taking over the business, they still have to work. Come on. They still yeah. have to do things right to make the business yeah. right. So... Mm -hmm. I always felt that was unfair. In the case yeah. of Fritz, um, yeah, by the time he got to the 80s, you know, during the 70s, Fritz von Erich was God in the Dallas-Fort Worth yeah. and surrounding yeah, area when he had he when was, he had yeah. bought the territory in the in the mid-60s and taken it over when he moved back home. He was from Texas. He mm -hmm. was a, a graduate of um, I think South Methodist college. Uh, I'm not sure, I don't know yeah. if I'm getting that right, but I think that's what it was. He was a local guy, Jack Adkison, good athlete, football player. You know, so he was well known, well respected in Dallas, Fort Worth, and the, mm -hmm. the territory surrounding that. And he would have been like the Vern Gagne of that territory, you know, like yeah. Vern was here, or like Vince McMahon was out east, or, mm -hmm. you know, Eddie Graham was in Florida. Florida. So, yeah, yeah he um, he definitely, when he came back home, because a lot of people don't know, he worked in the early 50s. He was a huge heel in the mm -hmm. Buffalo Territory up in New York. Mm -hmm. And again, as the German heel, the hated German after World War II, uh, up in Toronto, Canada, always over as that. Blitzkrieg or whatever the word is, he was he was evil, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, here in Minneapolis, uh, yeah. he in the Minneapolis territory in the fifties, he yeah. was way over with other mm -hmm. German wrestlers, Omaha, and, uh, and then Omaha. And a yeah. uh, little side note there, uh, for a coffee break, he was AWA yeah. champion yeah. in Omaha, winning it from Vern Gagne. Uh, in July, July 7th of 1963 in Omaha. Yeah. And then he, there was a return match and Vern had put it on him in Omaha. They went down to Amarillo and okay. that's where Fritz was kind of working and headquartering at the time. And yeah. Fritz got to defend the title to Vern uh, August 8th, 
of 63. So it would have only been about a week and about a week period there, 20, July 27 yeah. to, I don't know how I Sip remember. of coffee. Sip of yeah, coffee. And so, but definitely it was, it was one that they acknowledged. Yeah, it was uh, a world champion. Can't the AWA did acknowledge the change. Vern won it back. So yep. it was done as a favor. But yeah, he had that that small tenor here. <laughs> the other thing that was uh, in the movie, um, I thought it interesting. They, and this is flash forwarding a little bit, but I, I okay. thought of it. There's one scene where they have Kevin on the ropes in a tag match. And they have a wrestler that's his partner kind of not tagging off to it, kind of in the show. Well, that was supposed to have been Lance Von Erich. Okay. And Lance was the fictional cousin that they had brought in. Uh, Ricky yeah. Ricky Vaughn, I think is he wrestled as, or Ricky, I don't remember what other name he used. He was in the Pacific Northwest Territory. Nicely built guy along the lines of what Terry Von Erich looked like. And uh, they brought him in briefly as a cousin because after the tragedy started happened and they, they felt they needed another Von Erich. I yeah. thought that was I thought that was kind of a goofy thing to do at the time. And then when I saw it, they never even acknowledged it. But that's what that's who that was supposed to have been in the ring, Lance. Yeah. So anyway. Up to that point, that that was my thought. Yeah. My my biggest problem was I I was looking at the way they portrayed the wrestlers, who the characters, the actors. I know that the the Zach Ephraim, I think that's how he pronounces his Ephron, name. He was yeah. the one that uh, he was the one that played Kevin. Yeah. And um, I actually saw an interview segment. Who was he on with? Uh, Kelly Clarkson. Does that sound right? Does she have a? That's probably right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it was her. I saw yeah. a segment where it was short. I just saw the segment where she had Zach and then the other three guys uh, that played uh, Carrie, David, and Chris. They right. were on her show. Mike. And, Mike. Uh, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not Chris. Yeah. Chris was left out completely. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. We'll ahead. talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. We'll he was completely left out. Um, but yeah, the, and I, the Zach Ephraim. He was the only one sitting with the group on this Clarkson interview that I would have never recognized him as because he, he wore a hairpiece and stuff in the in the movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. he had a, a wig on. And it, but, a lot uh, bigger, too. Yes. And see, that was the first thing that struck me. I looked yes. at the characters and I said, you know, Kevin is bigger than the Kevin Von Erich was in the ring. Kevin was smaller, mm -hmm. wasn't as built like Carrie. And of course, we know Kevin was the barefoot one all the time. Right. But um, I thought that the Kevin character would have been better for the Carrie character in look wise. Yes, I I so couldn't agree more. Yeah. I thought they did pretty good. Well, they did pretty good with with David. I I thought. The David character. David was the tallest of the brood. He was. Um, and, of course, yeah. they, they say again that David was the most talented or the, the most agile or the most adaptable to wrestling. Um, right. I only saw David. I saw him twice. 
and and they were brief. Mm -hmm. Once I saw him in St. Louis, yeah, and once I saw him in Dallas, and okay. uh, I I couldn't I couldn't say whether I thought he was superstar material or not. He was just a young kid at the time. Yeah. So, but yeah. he was the one they were pushing to get to the AWA Top. title. Um, they did squelch the rumor that, uh, or tried to squelch the rumor that David had had a drug situation in Japan. And right. That it was uh, ruptured Inte intestine, intestinal right? intestines yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, again, he met a sad ending, and that's too bad. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. the character-wise, I didn't think they did as good a job, but yeah. it worked. The mm -hmm. one that offended me the most, actually two of them, but one of them that offended me the most that I thought, I don't know how they scripted this, and I'm going to bring this up because I had another person on Facebook say, oh, I thought this guy was the greatest at portrayal. And that's Harley Race. Yeah, I was the same same thing. Oh Harley Race. I thought the Harley Race character, the guy they had playing him, he was awful. He was awful. I sat through it and I went, I'm sitting in my chair at the at the theater and I'm going, really? Yeah. Just thinking to myself, oh my God, really? Yeah. They, he tried to capture Harley in his interview, yeah. but yeah. He didn't in from the Harley race I watched for 30 years. Right. Yeah. And when they got him in the ring, I mean, I know at different times Harley kind of had he he sometimes he'd have a little gut on him. Yeah, Harley yeah, yeah. For the yeah, most yeah. Part, Harley for the most Trim. part never looked like this buffoon. Mm. And that bothered me. And yeah. uh and then the guy that did Ric Flair. Oh yeah, he was. He couldn't yeah. have been more awful. He couldn't have been more awful. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah. to me that was that was so glaring. Yeah. Um, the the race thing I will say too, like even you know Harley had tattoos on his forearms yep. and uh, yep. you know nothing. Nothing. He didn't have any. No. Not even no. you know. And, and I don't know if that was. Uh, purpose, I'm sure it was, but I mean, maybe I, my I opinion. I would say on they that, didn't look at Harley Race close enough to know that well, he had tattoos. I, I'm going to give the benefit of doubt that James Beard probably told him something like, "Hey, you probably need to have this on there. People are going to notice," and they probably the production crew are probably like, "You know what? The guy, you know." He's been gone, and he has been out of wrestling so long, probably people won't even notice it, which is a big mistake because, especially nowadays, people are going to go back and look at pictures on the Internet and say, wait a minute. I, I mean, I saw it, right? I even leaned over to my wife and said, hey, that's not how Harley Race looks at all. He doesn't have a gut like that. He doesn't have it, and the guy don't have any tattoos. Ric Flair, I mean, even my wife, who's not a fan, knows who Ric Flair is and said no. And, and there's other things, too, but I'll let you get back to what you were talking about. It just kind of that that kind of bothered me. And, and I'm I'm going to bet James Beard probably said something. And on that one, on those two, especially, they probably uh, 
waved it off. Uh, that's my guess. Because I know James, you know, he's pretty accurate on stuff, yeah. especially with Harley uh, and those guys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You you just brought up a point that sometimes they figured maybe no one would notice. Yeah. I mean, that's an old school wrestling promoter's mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, they only wanted fans to remember what they wanted them to remember. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were so good at forgetting things or eliminating things or. So true. I guess yeah. in that sense, that didn't. The thing with James Beard. I watched the credits at the end of the movie. I purposely sat through them. Yeah. And um, the only names that I recognized as far as being anywhere near around wrestling was James Beard Mm -hmm. and uh, Chavo Chavo Guerrero Jr. Jr. Okay. He He was listed in there. I don't recall any other person that I could pull out and say, well, that was a person that was involved at the time or around the business. So I don't know who was consulted on it. I've got to believe that here's where I say makes the movie okay. At the beginning, the very first thing they put across the screen screen is based on a true story. And, And I've told folks, I said, the key word in that sentence is based. Based. Because once they do that, then there's creative license. There's they can do they can base it on the story, but they can change the events, um, whatever the case may be. You know, yeah. The no, uh, I... the thing about the two characters that we're talking about, though, race and flair, um, I think that was the most glaring and disappointing to me that. They they had to have somebody that could have done Flair better. He mm-hmm. he was awful. He he was awful. I will say one more character they could have probably done better was Carrie. Carrie was much yeah. more built. Yep, absolutely. Uh, much much and uh, better looking than than yeah. the guy that was portraying. And I know there's people out there that look like Carrie Von Erich. Maybe they couldn't find one that had the same type or that could act like Carrie as far as his demeanor and his personality. I don't know. But, uh, and no disrespect to the, the guys that played the characters. I mean, they oh, did the best I, they I could. I applaud them. Yeah, I they did the best them. they could. I mean, those guys, you know, I watched a little of that Kelly Clarkson thing, talking about what they had to do to get ready yep. for the movie and all that. Yep. Uh, and, you know, that, and that's a lot of work. And even if you're selected for it, that's quite an honor. So no discredit to the actors that that portrayed their parts. It's just that I think the the casting crew or whoever you want to call them could have done a more thorough. And I think, like you said, people forget. I mean, Carrie's been gone for 30 years, you know. Uh, Mike has been gone for 35, 36 years. Uh, Dave has been gone for almost 40 years. Uh, so I think you have, you hit it on the head where people aren't going to remember really what they look like. The thing that I've learned, the thing that I've learned. Yeah. And, and that's the key thing. Like I say, some wrestling fan, like you mentioned, your wife went, she's not a wrestling fan. 
However, she has a little bit of osmosis coming through with you in the house. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So she, she may not qualify as a non-wrestling fan. She just would have not be a fan, but she knows stuff because she's around. Of me. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that's true. the same. And that's the same for Lorraine, you know. Yeah. She may not pick up on this, but she picks up on some things because God knows that I live and breathe this stuff. So yeah. um, the thing that bothers me when they do a movie that is based on a true story or or they're portraying a family or a situation. And I know this is a little off topic. I've never done that before. Uh, <laughs> but back in 2005, the uh, Johnny Cash movie, Walk the Line, came out mm -hmm. with Joaquin Phoenix. I don't know if you ever saw the movie. I have seen it, yeah. Okay, Walk the Line. Well, Johnny Cash, of course, passed away in 2003. Okay. And his son, John Carter Cash, and others worked on putting this movie together in 2005. Um, overall, you know, me being a lifelong Johnny Cash fan, I had to see this movie and uh, yeah. I did see it. Um, I think I saw it 13 times in the theater. Wow. So I guess I, I guess I was addicted to it. I guess but, so. Uh, anyway, uh, here's, here was the thing that bothered me when I saw it, the movie, mm -hmm. the movie right on the screen, they put Memphis 1955. Okay. So, you know, immediately that that's where you're at. Memphis, mm -hmm. 1955, in the movie. Well, then they show the street scene. This was right at the beginning of the movie. It drove me nuts. On the street scene, which I'm thinking would have been in front of the Sun Records studio, they have a 54, 1954 Oldsmobile parked on the street. Well, that's cool. It's a 55, the 54 Oldsmobile. Yeah. But... And you, if you look at the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. And I'm probably the only one on the planet Earth that ever noticed this. They're going to say, Shire, you need to get a light. But the 54 Oldsmobile has thin white walls on the tires. Thin. thin. I, don't know if you, I don't know if you know the difference. But back I in the 50s, the white yeah, walls. Yeah, I know they had the big, yeah. They had the big old whites around all the, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem with the thin white walls is thin white walls did not come out. They weren't even invented. They weren't even used on cars until 1962. <laughs> True see, story. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have noticed that myself. And I'm see, not the average person, person is are. never going to notice yeah. that. But to me, when I saw that, yeah. it was like, you got to be kidding me. Whoever, whoever did the back in 55 sequence yeah. and yeah. they had 50s you know 50s cars in it from 55 yeah. and back but yeah. that one glaring air the reason it's glaring to me is because it couldn't have been that way they weren't yeah. invented and yeah. people say well that's so trivial you know what he... but the bottom line was um you knew that the actors in the show had to do a lot joaquin phoenix Reese Witherspoon, yeah. they had to learn to sing. They had to learn to do the songs. Um, mm -hmm. Whether or not they did them as perfectly as John, Johnny and June did, you know, we that's that's debatable. 
But yeah. um, doing a movie like that, it is to me the little things that make it the reality. So yeah. in the Fritz or the Iron Claw movie, um, it bothered me when they had scenes in the Iron Claw that weren't exactly right. And in the beginning, yeah. when Jack comes out of the arena and they go to the little motor home that he's got hooked on to the Cadillac, well, yeah, it's yeah. out of sequence because that couldn't have happened with the car that they had there. They had a Cadillac. But it couldn't yeah. have happened in the time. Nobody else is going to pick up. That's why you're the historian. Has anyone seen, I'm going to ask the fans listening when they hear this, and I'll okay. even ask you this. Have you yeah. seen the... It was the Dark Side of the Ring episode, Vice, that produced yes. the Dark with Side. Von Eric's. With Von and, and Kevin is prominent yeah. in their talking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I watched that. And I'm telling you, I really thought that was a far better and more honest portrayal mm -hmm. yeah. of the Von Eric legacy yeah. than the movie was. If you watch yeah, them back to back, you're, you've got yeah. two entirely, almost two entirely different stories. Yeah. The one thing that really kind of disappointed me, too, is they uh, they cut out the youngest kid, Chris. You know, I know he really never got in the ring or anything, but they could have he did, at least he did mentioned do a the couple, guy. He did do a couple little runs. Okay, he did a couple matches, but yeah. I mean, he... Yeah. I just feel like he got, you know, the shaft and, and maybe... That's what Kevin wanted. I I don't know. I just kind of felt like I don't you know, know they if had it was another. On, Go ahead. I don't know if it was on the Clarkson thing or some other place I heard, but someone said that Chris yes was left out, but they felt that it was one just one too many tragedies because he also and that could be it too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they all committed suicide except for for Jack. And, and David, and David, I apologize. David died well, of, David, uh, David's the mystery in this, Brian, because right. we don't, I, I don't, I still don't know to this day whether right. he really did have this, you know, they showed him in the movie where he's sicker right. than a dog, puking. Yeah. And whether or not this intestinal thing, I mean, I'm not, it's a I remember it was called toxic shock syndrome in his in his uh, intestines. That was in the eighties when they uh, when he passed away, and it was in the you know the wrestling magazines yeah. and some articles in the paper. They said he died of toxic shock syndrome uh, in his intestines. Which is weird because that's what Mike had later on. Right when he had the shoulder when surgery, he, and then he, he had, got and he yeah. got an infection. Yeah, yeah, and and so. We'll never probably know uh, what happened with David, actually. I'm sure that's all buried somewhere, and uh, we might not ever find out. But I, I just kind of wish that they would have at least – I know it was another tragedy, but the Iron Claw, I mean, it was based on tragedies, really, if you think about it. I mean, yeah. overall, I mean, yeah, it was uh, – Kevin, and I wish one more thing they would have did, George, is stated, you know, why Kevin – you know, didn't wear boots in the ring. Yeah. There's a reason for that. He forgot his boots the first time he went to a match. Yeah. And they said, well, you ain't got time. Get out there in there and do it. And uh, that's, 
you know, a key part, because I'm sure people are asking, why do you wrestle in bare feet? I mean, I would have if I didn't know. Why is he wrestling in bare feet? Well, and it was interesting, too, because they had, uh, I wish that they would have talked. It, they, it's like they left little pieces out. When they had Carrie getting on the motorcycle and taking off down the highway, and he was speeding, and, of course, we know he was a little high. Mm-hmm. And they show you going, he's coming, you can see the headlights in front of him. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, there's no crash. We don't see any accident. Mm-hmm. Then we see him getting out of bed on his crutches. And mm-hmm. then when he gets to that kitchen scene where they, they show his foot missing, right. um, you know, good good camera graphics there. But yeah. um, they, they don't tell you. And unless you were a fan and knew that he crashed, to me that that was left out. They should have showed the crash, or they should have had some sort. At of, least made the made the noise. Yes, yes. And then thought, okay, he gets out of bed and he's on. And crutches. if you and if you notice, the screen actually several times will just go black for a second and then go to the next scene. Mm-hmm. I noticed yeah. that, and that was what they did yeah. there. Yeah, but, uh, but to explain. And then, you know, they, they tried to emphasize that, you know, Carrie had to work hard to try to walk and put that yeah. boot on and be able to maneuver and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, of course, we know that that's probably where the drug addiction really hit. Probably yeah. truly from pain, et cetera, whatever. Yeah. And the pressure that he had. The pressure from his, from his dad. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, they painted. I'm not sure that. And maybe I'm naive. I'm not sure that Fritz was the tyrant that they painted him out to be. Yeah. Um, I think he, they made it sound like, and and again, maybe he was, you know, Kevin, you know, Kevin, you're the guy, you're going to be the one to do it. But when Kevin didn't get the job done, okay, Carrie, you're my favorite. They actually said that you're my favorite. Yeah. You're my favorite. Yeah. You're my favorite. You're going to do this. They built up a rivalry between the brothers. You saw that in there. That yeah. technically they were a little bit ticked because the other one was getting the chance. Right. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting was they had Carrie win the title from Flair, which he did. And that right. was the David that was the David Von Erich Memorial. Mm-hmm. But um, they show yeah. him winning it, and then all of a sudden they've got uh Harley Race on and <laughs> and they're trying to go get the title again. They didn't tell, you know, I I'm sitting there at first. I thought, well, we didn't, they never told us Carrie lost it. Yeah. So, yeah. Those are little things, but I really do. I think if you watch The Vice and it's on yeah. YouTube, Dark Side mm-hmm. of the Ring, Von Eric's on the, is it Vice TV? Is that what it is? Vice TV, Vice. Yeah. It's on yeah. your, but yeah, it's on I YouTube watched, too. I just watched it the other day again. It's on, YouTube I watched now. that and I was, I was very impressed with it. Um, mm-hmm. I legitimately felt the the sorrow that Kevin had to deal with, and that's funny because I remember when I remember when Carrie had uh, had died way back then. I made the comment, I mean, kind of to myself, but man, what is Kevin thinking? You know, he's he's the last one here. Um, you know, how how do you live with that? The other thing that I thought was interesting is there was there was no 
whether or not this is true or not, because we were never in the private lives of, of Fritz and Doris, mm-hmm. you know, as as husband and wife. Right. Um, but they made it seem in the movie that she literally had no voice, no say, nothing to do with anything that was going on with Fritz and the boys. That Fritz ruled with an iron claw. Yeah. Now, whether or not that was true, we don't really know. Because yeah. even she would say to the boys, well, you got to, your dad, you have to deal with that yourself. You, She didn't have anything to do with it. And I, you felt bad for her because mm-hmm. we do know in real life that yeah. after the final death, that Doris and Fritz split up and she yeah. left him. So there had yeah. to be some, maybe it was just yeah. too much for her to deal with the tragedies, but they don't they don't say that in the movie, but at the very end right. you'll see that Fritz comes into the I think it's like the dining room area and he asks where supper is. And Doris <laughs> said she's not making it and she's painting. Painting. Well, you can see that that was the split. Yeah. And uh Yeah. But Fritz as a promoter, they they don't expel on this. Um but he was really one of the more respected promoters in that mm-hmm. era with, mm-hmm. you know, you had Ganya, you had Watts, you had Roy Shire, you had Don Owen, Muchnick and Eddie Graham. And mm-hmm. then if you, and lo and behold, you throw McMahon in there too. Daddy McMahon. Um, yeah. Of that you. era, Fritz was in that group that, you know, these were territories that were good. They paid well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting, and this is a noted error, but I think only I would pick up on it. They say that the Von Erics are going to go against Bruiser Brody and Gino Hernandez. Yeah, in the and, beginning. Uh, yeah, that's right. I in the beginning. That, yeah. And I thought that was interesting because Brody was never an adversary to the Von Erics. He was, he was on their side. It was one of the few territories that he was a baby face. Okay. I better say face in case some people think I'm. <laughs> but yeah. And then what about the Brody character in the movie? The guy was a midget compared to Frank, to Frank Brody, Frank Goodish. Yeah. I don't was. think he looked like Brody uh, at all. All those guys. The only one that, and Zach Efron playing Kevin, he was way too big for playing way Kevin. Way too big. Yeah. And I thought Carrie Von Erich was, should have been taller than Kevin, at least a little bit, mm-hmm. and more built. Well, but Kevin was the best built of the whole group. Kevin was, but I mean, Carrie had a more, how do you want to say, I don't want to say bodybuilder, but I mean, he was, I, I can't explain it, but Kevin, yes, just, overall athlete, physique-wise, yeah. yes, because he had the ripped abs, very yeah. lean. Carrie was more, he was bigger but bulkier, what I'm trying yeah. to say, I guess, in his yeah. arms and his chest. Yeah. David, I think the guy that played David did a good job because David was pretty normal looking yeah. athlete as far as he yeah. played. He was tall, but he didn't have all the ripped abs and the big muscles. He was just a very strong guy and tall. And Mike, the guy that played Mike, yes, Mike was lanky. Uh, he was, I mean, bigger guy, but I mean, I thought that guy did okay playing Mike too. I mean, 
Yeah, like you said, overall it was a good movie. Um, I think it was. I, I mean, really... if you're not a wrestling person like you and I, you're more of it than I am, obviously. But I think you would enjoy the movie. There's a few things missing, but I mean, I thought they did overall a pretty good job. Other than yeah, the few things. Well, Overall, and I actually then I went back. I told you I saw it with my neighbor. Yeah. And then uh, uh, a week ago or so, um, I, in fact, it was last Wednesday. We're we're taping this on a Wednesday. Here last we Wednesday, I went with Lorraine. I said, you know, right. do you want to go over? And we went over. And I wanted to see it again because you know, with any movie or any show, you watch it mm -hmm. the second time, you pick out a couple different things that you didn't notice mm -hmm. the first time. So yeah. I enjoyed doing that. And that yeah. was when I picked out the little things like uh, the Lance Von Erich thing. And, yeah. Uh, I didn't catch those. Overall, I tell folks, support the movie. Yeah. Um, anything that we can do to keep old school wrestling alive, mm -hmm. I think that's good. Yeah. Uh, whether or not history is portrayed exact in it, you know. Again, based. Yeah. Get and, that key word in there. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, honestly, George, I think part of it might have been, okay, there's so much uh, history with the Von Erichs, too. You know, it was a two-hour, two-hour-plus movie. Mm -hmm. They probably had to condense it down. And they might have filmed all that stuff and, like, they had to make cuts because, okay, this is – it probably was a four-hour film originally, and people oh, aren't going to stay for trust four me, hours. It's that way with movies and books all the time. Stuff right, so you're gonna you got to condense it down yep. to yep. two hours, and so some of those cuts, you know, I mean, but like you said, overall, I thought it was a good movie. Uh, you know, James Beard, a good friend of ours, you know, I thought he did great in it, and as consulting as a referee, I, I mean, I was watching for him because I knew he was yep. in it. I'd yeah. be watching for him, and I would see him a few times. Oh, there's, I went over to my wife, hey, that's James Beard right there. Do you remember him? Yeah. Because she met him in Las with, Vegas. I did that with my name. <laughs> yeah. I was like, there there's James Beard. There he is. Yeah. yeah. So my you know, opinion, one of the, overall great movie. One of the things that, from a nostalgic standpoint, that I really, I actually went, wow. Because I had one of those flashback moments when they mm -hmm. showed the scene of the Sportatorium. And yeah. they're going. They're going for the night's matches. You know the Sportatorium, Brian. Um, one of the things that I loved about old school wrestling is the smaller arenas that we had. Mm. You know, we didn't have these thirty thousand seat arenas like we have today. Right. We had a ten thousand seat, maybe max auditorium. Yep. In most cities, and if you had a ten thousand crowd for wrestling, it was a sellout, baby. Yeah. But Normally, they were smaller venues. And what a lot of people don't realize, <coughs> excuse me, is the Sportatorium in Dallas is legendary. Mm -hmm. You know, when I, I can hear Bill Mercer talking about the world-famous Sportatorium, I can hear my buddy Boyd Pierce, who used to be their TV guy back yeah. in the 60s and into the very early, Boyd well, Pierce, into yeah. the 70s. And Boyd, you know, uh, talking about the Sportatorium. And then I had the opportunity to actually be in the Sportatorium for wrestling. Oh, wow. And it is it was a, a wrestling venue uh, that was like few others. It was 
it just had wrestling written on it. Yeah. So it it pretty much was exclusive for Tuesday night wrestling. It was owned by originally it was owned by the promoter Ed McElmore or McLemore or whatever however pronounced his name. Um, he actually owned the building, okay. and then they had some other things. Yeah. There's actually a sign if you look at the movie real close up in the corner. It's got the Dallas wrestling and everything advertised, but then they got, I can't remember what it is. It was the other thing that they have there, like uh, dancing or something. Okay. What, a, yeah. what a unique place for wrestling. And it was, yeah. it was like a pit. The ring was down in the center and you walked in. Yeah. It was an old tin building. Yeah. You know, in the summertime, yeah. it had to be 150 degrees in there because they didn't yeah. have air conditioning. Air conditioning, yeah. Yeah. So I I had a moment and that was a real picture of the sportatorium. That yeah. looked cool. Yeah. No. I totally agree. Uh you know, like I said, uh, I'm glad we did this today. Uh I enjoyed the movie overall. I mean I, I don't did mean too. to be nit I don't mean to be nitpicky about it and don't take it the wrong way, fans. If I mean overall great movie. If you're a fan, go out and see it. It's worth it it's twice. worth yeah, it's worth it. It really is. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I want to thank you, George, my friend, for coming on today and, and doing this with me. Uh, always a pleasure. Always. It is. It is. Yeah. Always fun. All right. So on that note, folks, if you're watching, thank you. If you're listening, thank you. And if you haven't subscribed, please do so. One more time, Mr. George Shire, thank you, my friend. And Happy New Year to everyone. And we will talk to you soon. Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. VOC Nation's own Stro Maestro suffered a major medical and financial catastrophe this year from the VOC Nation family. To all of you, please continue to pray for Stro Maestro for his continued recovery. You can also donate to his cause, paypal.me slash The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests. Like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts will include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hick, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, 
Ricky Steamboat, Ding, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my... Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect is? Well, I'll is? tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think, uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Bruno was an early champion. Yeah. Here are exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Actor, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did didn't have anything to do with Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. 